Hey there, it's Hedvig from Abundate. Do you ever feel like you're constantly battling against your multilingual brain at work? Maybe you struggle to find the right words in English, worry about your accent or your grammar, or you find yourself constantly overthinking your language use to avoid making a mistake. You're not alone. Did you know that this lack of confidence in your language skills can actually lower your working memory capacity? That means you might not be performing at your best if you're distracted by any language worries or uncertainty. But here's the thing, it's not your fault. We have been taught to approach language learning in a way that goes against the natural functioning of our multilingual brains. The good news is that there's a way to actually work with your brain instead of against it a way to develop effective communication strategies that go beyond just grammar and vocabulary, a way to gradually build your confidence and skills without dedicating hours every day, and most importantly, a way to bring your unique voice and personality to the conversation instead of kind of sounding like somebody else. Introducing the School of Certainty. Abundate's group coaching program designed specifically for professionals like you who use English as a foreign language at work. I understand your frustration because I've been there myself. And now I help professionals like you to confidently build and nurture relationships in English, bring out the best and most competent version of yourself and excel in your career. Don't let your language worries hold you back any longer. Join the School of Certainty and start your journey towards confident and effective communication. Visit abundate.org soc to get started. That's a-b-u-n-d-a-t-e dot o-r-g slash s-o-c. Learning a language is not what you think, but so much more. This is Abundate and I'm your host Hedvig Sandbu. Join us weekly for conversations with inspiring guests, practical tips, and powerful questions to help you find your path to successful learning and language fluency. When you're just starting to learn a foreign language, do you have to go through this phase, that awkward phase, where you just feel like you can't say any of the things you want to say, like you can't express yourself and you feel like you've just lost your entire personality, you don't feel like yourself, um, you are essentially repeating phrases that you have been told or you have been taught to say because that's what you're supposed to do and it just doesn't feel genuine, it feels forced and it feels strange. Or is there another way? In this conversation, I'm speaking with Maria Ortega Garcia, who is an embodied language coach, certified Spanish as a foreign language teacher, and she's also a writer and she practices poetry therapy as well. And like my other guests, Maria really challenges the ways that we think about language learning. Often our expectations and methods from language learning classes in school are really unhelpful to us as adult language learners right now, looking at uh, how we want to learn because we want to, let's say we want to move to another country or we want to 
simply be able to speak to our neighbors or to our partner's family or to our friends. And so in our conversation, we talk about how creative expression and embodiment can help to make language learning more meaningful, more personal, and ultimately more effective. And to start, I ask Maria about her own language learning journey. Yeah, well, it's it's been a long journey as a language learner, um, and it has it it, it has changed uh, a lot over the years. So from loving languages but also hating them at the same time. I remember my first experience with English and learning English at school and high school and also in university, which is um, all my educational years, uh, learning English, loving the language in a way, but also hating the way uh, it was taught and also hating the way I, I felt I was failing at it uh and then from that quite bad experience to learning french and uh, discovering that there was another way that was more fulfilling that was more aligned with who i was and feeling that i could express myself in it and then uh just finding my own way as a learner and and playing and now um learning irish in at my speed my way and realizing that it could be even a a, a spiritual practice you know and and a way that is deeply fulfilling and nourishing as as juicy and and the pleasure so it has been a long journey so what was that like uh you know going through this area where you felt like you were failing as a language learner what was what did that look like well it was because it was frustrating I just felt that um, it had many layers from um, being unable to feel understood I, I I just I would be using the language but it felt like um it wasn't me. Like I was just using someone else's words. Um, it felt quite strange in a way. And also, as a student, um, I felt that I was failing because I felt that um, I was missing something. There was something in the way I was receiving the language. And of course, at the time, I wasn't questioning my teachers. I was assuming that that was the way of learning a language and and of course I was putting the blame on me I was thinking well I am I am the failure um but it was um yeah there were things missing I felt that I couldn't express myself I felt that um yeah I had loads of vocabulary I had all my grammar um I was really good at grammar I do love grammar by the way (laughs) in general (laughs) but that wasn't serving me when I was um, in the exam, uh, in the speaking exam, it, it was like it <laughs> it was like torture. I remember being in in a state of panic and nerves, 
And of course, no words came out of me, or if they did, were just <laughs> horrible pronunciation and everything. It, it was just painful. And I just yeah. felt, I do love languages. And at the time, I, I knew that there was something there that I loved. But I just couldn't express. And when you know that the purpose of a language is to communicate, mm-hmm. and I couldn't do that, it's like, well, I am failing. I'm failing as a student. Do you think that's a necessary step we have to go through? Because I find that extremely relatable, right? That <laughs> feeling of you kind of know how to build a sentence, you understand the grammar, and you understand you have a breadth of vocabulary, but, you know, going from that to actually being able to speak and feeling like yourself, right? Rather than feeling like some robot that like knows how to say, and I I specifically remember this, you know, saying something like, um, you would always get this sort of um, question, like, what did you do on the weekend? And I just remember, I, the only thing I ever did on the weekend, according to um, myself was I went to the cinema because that was the only thing I knew how to say in French and I was like je suis allée au ciné and I mean my weekends were always much more boring than doing anything at all but I'd have to kind of make up this story and yeah. you know building these sentences that I I had the the template for because I'd been taught this template but it wasn't me I was lying through the whole thing but that was what we were taught to do yeah and well, I'm not sure. I don't think that it has to be a necessary step. I think it has been, and we have normalized, probably being yeah. taught in a way that was so fake, that yeah. that wasn't giving us the idea that languages are actually a tool you have to express yourself. The idea of expressing yourself w- wasn't there. It was the language itself as an external thing outside of yourself. I don't know if this makes sense. (laughs) English is over here or the language is over there and it has all these rules and you just use it. But in my experience, at least least it, it never, I was never told that I had find, I, I had to find a way to express myself through that language. It was like, that's a subject like maths has nothing to do with your life it's just a thing over there that you learn Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's kind of that almost like depersonalization of language completely which is horrible because a language wouldn't exist without the person Mm. like it's, it's coming from the person it's coming from the human yeah. So you yeah. depersonalize it, it becomes what? Nothing. <laughs> I, I kind of, I want to challenge you a bit more though, because actually okay. I feel like I agree with you that um, the way that it's taught is a problem or the way that it has been taught. And I think it's changing a little bit, yeah. but, you know, hopefully it is. we're pushing to, towards this change even more. And yeah. um but what I'm wondering is, because, for example, when you're learning a new language and you know very few words, uh, you know a few sentences, you know um, how to say, you know, my name is and how are you and hello, right? Okay. 
when you're going through that process of literally learning the few phrases, the first few phrases of a language, how do you express yourself? Well, the thing is that the way I see languages as an adult, obviously, uh, it's a different story as when mm. we are um, children and learning uh, to express ourselves as children. There is less things to express when we are children <laughs> than when yeah. we are adults, right? There is this. I think that, yeah, I totally get, of course, if you have a very limited vocabulary and we have all been there that you feel that you have to express like a child. <laughs> like you have to, to yeah. accept that you're going to be expressing yourself like a child when, when in your mind there is just this huge space with information and things and emotions that you want to express, but you do not have the vocabulary. Yes, that's true. But um, having a language... It is so much more than expressing yourself, is connecting with it. Mm. And for me, um, I do have a very, very, very limited vocabulary in Irish. I barely have grammar. It's a very complex language, and well, for me, and um, I am not spending that much time, so I am doing it at my own page, pace. Uh, so I have a very, very, very limited vocabulary. But, so I am aware that I cannot express myself fully as I am in this state, like on this age um, mm -hmm. right now. But I am able to connect with the language at a hard level because I am doing the things that I love with it. I am yeah. looking for poetry. I can spend um, hours with two lines. I am in that level of the language. <laughs> I can spend hours with just two lines or I can just look for words and images. I am connecting to the culture of the language. I am finding the depth mm -hmm. that connects with me through the, through the language. At, at my level, of course, the express, the, the verbal expression is, is not there yet. And it will take years in my case. <laughs> yeah. But I am finding the fulfillment in a different way because I think that language, I oftentimes find like we are just um, learning languages uh, as if we all were extremely extrovert people and we have to communicate in a language, and that's the only purpose of learning a language. Whereas for many of us, learning a language involves being able to read, being able to listen to music. It is consumption. It's not just expression. Yeah. And that for me is, is as fulfilling, if not more, than being able to express anger or being able to have a, a, a debate in the language. It sounds like you are kind of redefining what failure and success looks like because when you were talking about mm. learning in school you felt like a failure because you were struggling to express yourself and you were struggling to feel mm. like yourself yeah is that right that you, yeah. you kind of redefined it a bit completely and also uh, at school 
in with English, for example, um, I felt that precisely learning English in, uh, was being able to to read these super boring texts about the weather and dialogues that had nothing to do with me. Um, so I felt that learning English for both to consume and to express was something that was not interesting to me. And therefore, because I wasn't emotionally invested <laughs> in yeah. it, I, I felt I was failing because it's like, well, yeah, I can't read these, but what's the purpose? So probably I wasn't reading or I wasn't enjoying the read of that text. Or It was, I think, for me and English, which I, I really had a, a, a love-hate story with, <laughs> with it. In the moment I fell in love with a song in English that yeah. was the moment for me when I just spent hours with the lyrics and understanding the words because there were words I didn't know and I could sing it that that changed the whole story with me and that was in high school I was about for what 15 I think I heard that song, I fell in love with the song, I learned English, I learned the English in the song, and then the whole story changed. Like, oh, mm -hmm. this is what we are learning English for. Yeah. This is the reason that worked for me. Yeah. So that's when it all changed for you, was when you started um, actually connecting through music. Yeah, connecting. There was a connection to the language with my emotions. And there was this connection that was through that song. Mm. Everything made sense. Why do you think it was music that made you... Was that by accident, do you think? Or was it um, a particular interest of yours? Or Well, I love, I love music and singing and dancing and any creative manifestation. <laughs> Is probably going to be interesting. I had been listening to music my entire life, but mm. I fell in love with this song. Yeah. And I, I guess that at that time I just made the connections like, oh, I like this song. I don't know why. I'm not sure what this song is saying. <laughs> and I understood, oh, but I have been studying English, so I should be able to figure out what it means yeah yeah I I mean I've I've done um I, I I think one of the because so many of us connect to music right we you know we have different music tastes and we yeah. um can relate to you know different kinds mm -hmm. of lyrics and that kind of thing but for me you know listening to Stromae uh, who's a Belgian rapper, really, um, was one of the ways that I learned French. And I mean, I still don't actually understand a lot of the things he says, because they're all slang terms. But I understand enough now that and, and, you know, learning through kind of repetition and through mimicry, really, you know, actually singing it mm -hmm. um, can really help with pronunciation and with um, really just motivating you to figure out oh but what does this expression actually mean and he's making this pun and this rhyme and you know how is he playing with words to make that kind of fit together yeah so. and it is 
as you are as as you said, the idea of um, repetition and mimicking. Mm. Um, there's one thing. One thing is um, memorizing a dialogue, which I don't. I I hate as a practice. I've done it in school. I still do not see the purpose mm-hmm. of it, but I've done it. And yeah, you memorize a conversation, and then you repeat it like if as if you were a parrot, or you mm-hmm. memorize a song or a poem. Yeah, there's that. That's a completely different story yeah and there is um the rhythm that uh are in the songs and the music and that is something that there is that evoke an emotion that is real for you so your words the words that you are repeating are not yours but the emotion that you that they evoke in you it is very much yours so there is a, a, a reality in that expression, in, in that mimicking. Whereas when you are memorizing sentences or, or <laughs> memorizing a dialogue and repeating it, there is nothing real in there. There is nothing real about you in there other than you are repeating words that say nothing about you. Like... <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder what an actor would say to that. <laughs> because some people I mean actor types would want to uh, would probably enjoy that experience yes but possibly. there is yeah but there isn't well I don't okay <laughs> here's the thing I am <laughs> I have in mind what I went through in the school which was literally memorizing a dialogue and repeating it yeah with another yeah. person like I wasn't asked to um, embody that character in that dialogue yeah. like it was just repeat this whereas I do believe that learning a language through theater is different mm. because then you get to know a character and you are imprinting that with with yourself and you are kind of embodying something and then you have a what's the name a script and then you, yeah. you do that it is different that's still like I, I believe that that there is something different in in all those that are yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I think I think you're right I mean and almost I wonder if it almost comes down to a change of of perception or, or perspective mm-hmm. because really yeah. is there much difference between reading a dialogue and reading a script I, I don't know. Uh, possibly the content is different, but possibly it's the same. Ah, I disagree because if when you are reading a script, you are given um, um, guidelines about the emotion that you have to to give, um, what the person may be thinking, posture. Like it is bringing it to life. Yeah. Whereas in my well, experience, so. like I don't know how, what the books, uh, textbooks are nowadays like I you know I have no idea maybe they have improved and I hope they have but I I do remember the dialogues in my textbooks in school that they I I remember a dialogue I had to memorize that it was just about the weather and what we needed to bring because it was going to rain so oh I have to go home to get my umbrella and and my raincoat and that was dialogue. It's like, 
where are we going with this? <laughs> what is this? Whereas the script has instructions about, as I said, the emotion yeah. that you have to give, the, the gestures of the person, and you may even have some, some um, reflection about what the person may be thinking. There is a context that is lacking uh, mm. in, in this just read a dialogue. Yeah. But and maybe that, if the teacher yeah. is saying, okay, let, let's bring this dialogue to life. Yeah. How would you, how would you interpret or how would you produce these? Hmm. Then it's different. How would you produce this like a horror movie? Yeah. How would you produce it like a romantic comedy? Exactly. Just same yeah. line, bring, bring different emotion. And as you can see, the emotion is key. Yeah. And this brings us nicely into um, what you talk about, which is embodied learning and embodiment. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? What does that mean? Yeah, well, it is just bringing your body. And by, um, what I mean by that is just bringing your emotion, being aware of the, of the emotion that you want to convey bringing the emotion to the language expression, bringing your senses mm. and working probably more on describing through the language, always uh, describing your senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell when you are using the language rather than just um, focusing on um, expressing ourselves um only our thoughts for example but mm. i i think it is very important when we are um expressing in any language but we tend to for to forget that when we are learning a language we we kind of ignore the fact that we have a body that senses <laughs> that we have emotions that we need to convey and that we have personal and unique imagery and symbols that we have mm. and I think that that is the key to feeling um, seen when you are yeah. using the language I suppose that will look different depending on different people are there any kind of, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, are there any similarities or how, what does it look like? Can you kind of, how do you know if you're doing it right? Well, no, I, well, <laughs> I don't think there is any right or wrong, um, but I think that is what you, how you feel and if you feel that you are using the language in a way that feels true to you, what you are saying resonates or mm. makes sense, then you are using, you are doing it right. But if you are saying something and there is still a voice in, in you saying, mm, I don't know, I, I think that I would express this differently in my mother tongue. When you are kind of thinking that there is something in your expression in your mother tongue that is more real than the way you are expressing the, yourself in this other language. Then there is a, a gap yeah. there. 
that shouldn't be. And, they're, they're, and it is not related with level and the amount of vocabulary. It is the relevance of the vocabulary you are using and the relevance um, of the expressions you are using. Yeah. If you're following a textbook, chances are that you're going to find this gap, that there is a huge difference between the, the way and how you express yourself in your mother tongue and how you express yourself in this non-native language. And we tend to accept that as a given. Oh, yeah, it's, it's mm. how it's supposed to be because I will never sp speak uh, or express myself in a non-native language as I do in my mother tongue. There is kind of this acceptance of something that I refuse to believe is true because I think it is not. <laughs> mm. I really believe it is not. Yeah, I'm kind of reminded of... I don't know if this is a is a bit sort of out there example, but you know how uh, artificial intelligence can describe a picture now, right? So they can create like captions. If you take a photo of a landscape, it'll say there's a tree and there's a lake and um, there's some sun rays or something like that. Yeah. There's some clouds, right? Yeah. So it might describe the picture, but then there's, uh, you know, hundreds of different ways that, I would, you know, or uh, other different people would describe that same view. Some people would focus on the trees. Some people would focus on the smell, uh, the smells of the trees or the leaves, um, you know, or the fact that it's autumn. So it smells kind of like wet leaves or, you know, the fact that it's cold. Exactly. Um, so people will focus on different things. And we see things differently. And that's the, the beauty of it. It's not only that yeah. you're focusing totally. That's totally true. We focus in different, in different things. But also in terms of colors, mm. can we agree what green is? Because maybe my version of green or when I think of green, green is something. And then you see the color. It's like, oh, no, this is kind of, I don't know, turquoise or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there are colors that we yeah. don't even can, can agree. So that's, that's one yeah. layer. And then there is that um, when you see a tree, we or a, a, a landscape, as you mentioned, we see further, way further than the image, and we start thinking, oh, we interpret it, we give it kind mm. of a context. Oh, this is it is autumn, or it's it's cold, or um, and then we start giving it meaning. Mm. humans we make meaning and then we see the tree and and we bring it an emotion or it, it evokes something in ourselves or it brings a memory and then we bring that into this yeah. just that, that this image that is yeah. part of the description because we are not only describing the image we are also describing how we see the image and what the image means to us <laughs> yeah yeah. And, you know, we, I'm glad you brought up memories as well, because you're the, you know, the better. And this is not just for the sake of, you know, being motivated to learn a language, I think, but it's mm -hmm. also for the sake of actually remembering stuff is the more you can connect new knowledge to existing knowledge or existing memories that you have, the better mm -hmm. that's going to stick. Right. So if you see that tree and you think, oh, uh, it's um uh, well, uh, let's say in Spanish it's arbol. Mm -hmm. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you might think arbol and then you're like, oh, but that reminds me of when I was a kid and I fell over 
and the, you know you can kind of make up a story that links that word yeah. to a memory and to an emotion to state of mind yeah and that is essential that is exactly embodying the language is making it felt in mm-hmm. your body when you mm-hmm. want to learn a, when you are learning a language um you have to make these connections, as you were saying, but those connections are not only to the language you already have. And that's where I find that sometimes the the, 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 the guidelines or the recommendations are a little bit misleading. Yeah, you are connecting to the mother lang- to your mother tongue. Of course, that helps a lot when it does, because in some <laughs> languages it doesn't. But yeah. well, when it does, it's great. But the connections are they have to be made to your memories to your your experienced life the, the things that you have lived and experienced when there is no connection when it is all mental constructs then that language for me is kind of um, kind of floating in the air there is it is not anchored anywhere in you in your body that will help you remember and make sense like I, th- I think that sometimes it's and, and for me is when something makes sense is when you really feel it in your bones like oh yeah that is beyond your intellect mm-hmm. this is make may make sense in your mind like some rules I'm thinking about grammar rules but it is only when you are able to produce something it's like oh or when you see a sentence and you finally make all these connections oh yeah it is it brings an emotion in your in your belly it's like oh yes i can touch yes. it yeah and it's such a feeling of achievement mm. and progress and you just feel like the boss of you know <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah yeah that's true uh, it's it's re- it really is an indescribable feeling and that's that's one of the reasons that I started a podcast is because I really want to I want more people to experience that feeling of achievement and yeah, yeah getting uh getting getting past that stage of yeah where things start to make sense and you're starting to really I'm not going to say master a language because I think there are, you know, different levels of mastery, but, you know, you're starting to feel like you've mastered one area, one small area and yeah, Yeah. connecting with the language. Yeah. It's kind of, for for me, it's like uh, when you start integrating the language for me would be the the last level of, of the language learning process. Like there is first, yeah, you start, um, kind of understanding some things and um, it, it kind of moves down it's like um, with anything that you learn there are different stages and those stages belong from the outside of you to the inside <laughs> and it is only when you can, can when you have integrated the language in your life whatever that means could be in your journaling practice or in your singing practice. You are able to sing or you mm. can create um, poems or whatever. That is the, That means that you have integrated the language. Like it's really deep, a part of you. 
And mm. even if it is small, it could be like you may have, I don't know, 50 words. And maybe you can only speak in the present. But we, when you can do that from a place of really, I don't know if uh, like sometimes it feels like I'm talking something super weird, but, but this is really coming from a place that is deep inside of you, even if it is a small block of the language. Yeah. It is an achievement. It is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I think especially early on and, you know, as we talked about when you're just learning, uh, it can feel like you're struggling to express yourself. But mm. actually being able to express a few words and phrases and mm. especially as someone who has, you know, learned a little bit of, for example, Greek before I went to Greece um, several years ago. I, I really, and Greek is a very, I was surprised by how different Greek is from Spanish and French. And, you know, there were so many new words and so many strange sounds and that kind of thing. But just having learned a couple of phrases, you get so much back. And the people there are so, you know, they can tell I'm obviously stuttering my way yeah. through a few words and phrases, yeah. but they're just so welcoming and they're so excited and, and appreciative, I think, of of the fact that you've made even that just little bit of an effort. Yeah, and I don't remember this uh, this quote, but if um, about if you want to, some uh, I don't remember. Anyway, so... <laughs> When you speak someone in their own language, there is an emotional connection in there. Yes. Immediately. When you see someone making the effort of speaking in your mother tongue, that, even if it is butchered, <laughs> yeah. there is an emotional connection there, an appreciation. I want to say that was Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And what's was the it? quote? Yeah. What's the quote? It's when, you, when you speak to someone in your language it goes to their head in the in a language speak to they them know. in their in yeah. a in a language that oh yes that's right hmm. yeah okay <laughs> we figured it out <laughs> do you want to try that again oh well no yeah when you speak some uh, someone in a language they know that goes to their head right and then when when you speak to them in in their own language or in their mother tongue or what <laughs> that goes yeah. to their heart Yes. The heart, my Best. friend. <laughs> heart. Best phrase ever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because it's true. So true. Okay, so we're, we're kind of getting to... I, uh, there are so many things I, I kind of wrote down I wanted to ask you, but we're getting <laughs> to the end to, to sort of try, try wrapping up now. But I... Um, I wanted, and I, you know, I hope this isn't overlapping too much with what we've already talked about, but what do you think language learners should be doing or what, what might you suggest language learners might do that they aren't or that not enough language learners are doing? I'm going to say something, and I, I know for sure it's an unpopular <laughs> comment yes but uh i believe they should slow down in general mm. 
focus less on learning more words and focus more on on connecting emotionally with those less mm. amount of words that would be one thing just in general slow down and make connections with your present um, tense <laughs> make connections with your prepositions make connection emotional connection with your past as if as a kid would do a, a kid is not rushing to learn a huge amount of words they are experiencing and finding the word as they grow and a kid has no past they're mm. expressing in the present then when they start and probably present and the next would be future and then when you have your present and your future you move to your past because you start having a past so i would say slow down the process and as i was saying connect emotionally with the language rather than um, rush through the language and to make emotional connection with it i believe that being creative rather than consuming only is really really important and for me journaling is an essential um element and an essential practice that I think it should be mandatory personally like journal in the language without any corrections like no mm. corrections please there has to be a stage where a language is not corrected corrected is just produced in the same way that a kid expresses themselves and it's it's like it's fine they make mistakes and it's there is a space for that there, and there is and that is parallel to the school where they are corrected so but it has to be yeah. both and along with journaling i would bring obviously because that's me and that's what i do bring poetry hmm. in the create poetry not read it well it's fine like read poetry is beautiful <laughs> but <laughs> write create yeah. poetry because that is what is going to bring you bring the imagery you're going to understand the connections you you have in your mind when you see a tree and how you want to describe that tree and the memories you have connected to the tree you're going to have that in in on paper write by hand your own poetry even if you believe that is horrible poetry that has no rhyme, that has no rhythm, it doesn't matter. You're not writing to publish. You're writing to connect to the language and to understand what your unique flavor of the language is. How is poetry different from writing, like journaling, for example? What do you um, think that brings? I think it's different. Uh, for me, journaling is a way to express what's current for me. To express my emotions or my troubles or what I am thinking, you know, all the things that we think, my yeah. inner conversation. And in that, journaling is so, so useful. But when I am journaling, I don't um, go into detail with my senses necessarily. 
Sometimes right. I do when that's relevant, but not necessarily. I, I am more in my head. I am yeah. I'm, I'm more sorting out all these thoughts that I have and, and talking about the emotions that I have. So I'm trying to make sense of my present. Whereas with poetry, uh, what I am seeking is to... A poetry is essentially a condensation of... It is the essence, right? The essence of something, the essence of a memory, the essence of a, an emotions. The, the, and in poetry, you need to bring your senses. It is your experience of something. It's not a mm. thing, it's how you experience that thing. So when you write poetry, you are tapping into your symbols, your stories, your meaning making, <laughs> that is how and, and your experience and your 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 experience your senses so that is that is bringing the vocabulary um that's bringing your your perspective your view mm. so i don't know if, if it is making sense is it i mean what it what i am kind of understanding from this is that maybe with journaling it's more about thinking expressing kind of your thinking and your your almost like your train of thought of what's yeah. going through your head at any given point and your emotions as well like I am feeling angry sure. and I'm feeling angry and I am feeling angry why I am feeling angry and what's what happened or but it is more it is a um a different kind of um conversation I am yeah. translating my thoughts and my emotions, whereas with poetry, I am bringing my senses. I am I'm bringing my experiences. I'm bringing my memories. I'm bringing the way I see and perceive a particular moment. And what I want to write is the essence and the, the you know, you can mm -hmm. journal five pages and, and say nothing. But in a poem, what you try to do, like that's nature, like without even thinking, like natural. When you write a poem, you just try to make it short. Like that's make it concise and yeah. punchy. <laughs> so there is a different thing that poetry brings. Mm. I wonder if because poetry is usually a bit freer when it comes to grammar and mm. how you, you know, you don't necessarily have to use things correctly. Uh, yeah. So maybe it's a when you're journaling, maybe you do want to write complete sentences and yeah. and you, you know, you want to probably use some of the new grammar rules that you've learned yeah. and, you know, yeah. put those into practice. Whereas maybe with poetry, you can be a bit freer, stop thinking and just feel and express. And claro, po uh, yeah, poetry is poetry is a game is is purely pleasure play that is yeah. what it is and it, what should be at least is it's, it's not scary it's, just, it's something that we do like we are mm. wired to that believe it or not yeah. <laughs> that's in our blood so poetry is just the free expression yeah and we know what, what poetry looks like in every language it has rhythm it has rhythm And that's what we seek when we write a poem, even if it is in a language that we don't master yet. 
we are seeking the rhythm. We are seeking uh, make it concise. We are seeking to 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 express that emotion. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to to kind of end. I think on just thinking about. Um, I think two very, very tangible and easy things to try out, right? And it's all about trying trial and error. Yeah. yeah. Is doing some journaling and also writing poetry. Yeah. Letting yourself go and just seeing yeah. what comes out. Not don't, don't judge it, don't correct it, and don't show it to anyone else who may correct yeah. it because <laughs> <laughs> good, good tip, yeah. So yeah. Maria, thank you so much. I'm going to um, ask you a couple of questions. So mm-hmm. uh, final questions. So um, I know you've got a lot of um, exciting work that you're doing at the moment. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've got coming up? Well, I have um, a couple of things that I am focusing on. One is I am creating an event uh, that is called the Embodied Word Gathering, which involves um, languages, but also brings um, body, mind, bodyfulness <laughs> or embodiment, and mindfulness and creative expression. And the goal of this event, which is a free event, by the way, it's in November, is um, to make the connection between the, the, the felt experience, the body experience, the mind, and the creative expression in different languages tangible. That's all it is. To make creative expression in different languages tangible. Yeah. And wow. bring the, yeah. The, the sense in the, in the body and the 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 mind how the thoughts and the creative in, and the mental constructs make, make just to see how it is connected that the language is not only in our minds it's some, not something that we learn from a book that's something that we have to feel and express so that's the event that's what's yeah. happening at the moment and I'm excited <laughs> awesome and it's a three day event and where can we find you and sign up for the event well in my website. <laughs> which is my full name, MariaOrtegaGarcia.com. And everything is in there. Brilliant. And the links will be in the uh, show notes as well. So with that, thank you so much, Maria. This has been wonderful. We went a bit over time, but I think uh, our listeners will bear with us and appreciate all the richness that came with it. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for having me. It has been a pleasure. All right, that's the end of another episode, or I should say the end of another interview because there's still a little bit left of the actual episode. I just want to leave you with two questions, um, especially useful if you are kind of a beginner uh, in a language that you're learning or you are maybe intermediate. Um, Question number one, how do you use language to express yourself? Now, when I talk about language, Yes, I'm including the English language. I know that can sound really, really, really obvious, but a lot of the time we kind of forget that we are using language literally every day. And we, whether we think about it consciously or not, we are 
using uh, different words or different expressions um, in order to kind of express our identities. Um, I did a really wonderful module on this in kind of sociolinguistics at university. Um, but I'm not going to nerd out about that right now. Um, but my point is language is much bigger than foreign languages. You're already using language in a rich and beautiful way. And I would like you to just reflect on that. How, how are you using language to express yourself? What does that mean to you? And in what ways is it important? And let me give you an example just to make it kind of a bit more real. So what actually are the things that you talk about on a day-to-day basis? What are the things that you care about talking about? What are the things that get you excited talking about? That's what I mean when I say, how do you use language to express yourself? How are you, what are the things that you are actually talking about on a day-to-day basis? Question two, what would it take for you to be able to bring that level of expression into another language? To be able to talk about things you care about and to speak or write and also consume the language in line with question one, in line with how you naturally express yourself. That's it, everyone. I hope that this episode gave you motivation, inspiration and energy to take with you into your language learning practice. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be really grateful if you leave a five-star review, which you can do by visiting podcast.abundate.org slash review. Or if you use Apple Podcasts, you can also leave a review there. This will help other budding language learners to find the podcast. The background music you're hearing is called Blanks by Poddington Bear, and podcast graphics were designed by Senglo Designs. Everything else was done by me, Hedvig Sandvu. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Hey, before you go, here's a quick reminder for you who uses English as a foreign language at work. Go check out the School of Certainty, specifically designed for the international professional to help build brain-friendly communication skills. So you can stop overthinking, did I say that right? What's the right word here? Should I put an S on the end there? Visit abundate.org slash SOC for more information.